I'm just gonna get started. So, welcome to Weed and Wealth Live. Now you'll see me looking down occasionally, I'm looking at my notes, haven't done a podcast episode on my own in at least four to five months, but I'm your successfully lazy and slightly faded host, Jay. I'm recording today's podcast again live on IG for the first time ever, and I've been gone for quite a while, so let me just give you a rundown of how the show typically goes. First, I'm going to give you guys a breakdown of what to expect on this episode, let you know how my week was, definitely got to jump into my green product of the week, this is weed and wealth after all, and then I get to the financial piece of the pie. Now, if listening to me speak about my green product of the week is no interest to you no worries just skip ahead by 10 minutes or so and then you'll land at the financial piece of the pie so it's a must that i kick off this episode with a reintroduction now again it wouldn't be the weed and wealth podcast if i didn't drop my green product of the week spoiler alert Throughout COVID, I think I've cracked the code for my most euphoric and best smoking experience ever. And then finally, for our financial segment, I'm going to answer a few of the financial questions that a lot of you have asked me over the last couple weeks. Cool? So again, welcome to this week's show. As always, I hope everybody had a really good week. Mine was great. I'm in the Carolinas. The weather was excellent. We had some high 60s, high 70s, and today it even touched 80 degrees. So me and the boy, if you're new to the show, I call my son the boy. But me and the boy got out for a good amount of hiking, walking around uptown this week, and even had a chance to do my thing in the kitchen. So that's always a win. Now, again, I'm looking down at my notes, and I typically do when I record these podcasts, but of course you don't see that because I don't record them. So if you see me looking down, that's just my normal lane. But for those that don't know, my wife and I are expecting our second son, so we're super excited about that. And thanks to all of you who have sent us congratulatory, got the word right, remarks. Um, They're very much appreciated. But again, I haven't recorded an episode in a while, and since then I've gained a fair amount of new followers, to my surprise, but welcome. So a reintroduction of sorts seems appropriate. So me, I'm Jay. I've been married just over 10 years with a five, almost six-year-old son, and again, one more on the way. Now, my wife and I, we're financially independent, and so we've knocked out the FI portion of FIRE. So what that basically means is we like our jobs, and we're just working because we kind of like our jobs, and we like to work. But for the retired early part, the RE of FIRE, as I said, we both love our careers, so... As long as we're working from home and doing the telecommute thing, we'll keep working. So I guess you can say we're officially office retired, but if my job ended up being permanently virtual, I would definitely work a couple more years. Um, You know, over the course of time and just people hitting me up on IG, Twitter, Facebook, and different avenues, a lot of people ask me different questions about our financial journey. And honestly, that's probably an episode within itself. So maybe... That's a good idea for me to make that the topic of the next episode, but you guys let me know what you think. Now, for me personally, if you've been following me for a while, or not even for a while, if you follow me, you can already tell I'm not your typical financial follow. I am the self-proclaimed CEO of Successfully Lazy, 
very lazy and I don't see lazy as a derogatory term. And obviously, I'm the host of the Weed and Wealth Podcast. I'm a financial moderator and educator for the Financial Social Network, my pocket advisor. Not just because I'm on it, but you should definitely check it out. It's a subscription um, financial network, but they give out so much game on there from investing to real estate to family finances, taxes, a bunch of stuff that I'm not well versed in, but they definitely have experts whose profession it is to for this to be their lane. But for me, long story less long, I invest, I smoke, I cook, I chill. And that leads us in to this week's green review of the week. So if you've heard prior podcasts, it's usually an actual product or a strain, but this week it's not really a product. It's going to involve a product, but it's not solely about the product. It's about the experience, uh, a smoking journey, if you will. So during COVID, like most people, I had moments of pure boredom, but through that boredom, a lot of YouTube and various blogs, I discovered and fine-tuned the way I smoke, and it ended up being my best smoking experience or technique ever. And it all starts with this guy. Now, if you're listening, I am holding up what is called a bubbler. It looks like a bong, but it has a curved end, and it has seven, this one has seven filters in it, right? And so the, the filters, they're called percolators. Shout out to DC culture. But the filter is key because it separates and filters the smoke as it's pulled through the water. So what you get is a cooler, more flavorful hit. You actually taste the hints and flavor of the weed and not the smoke. The more flavor hit means it doesn't burn your throat. It's not abrasive at all. So if I had to describe it, it's kind of like, eating a mint, going outside when it's cold, and taking a deep breath. So it's, it's kind of like that. Um, now from there, I purchased this bees hemp wick. So it's a piece of, it looks just a piece of string, but it's covered in beeswax, right? So the beauty of that is you never have to worry about the flame or lighter fluid directly from your lighter touching your weed and affecting the taste anymore. So because the lighter flame never touches your bud, when you light the wick, you can definitely taste the difference. It's so much cleaner and damn near refreshing. Now the final benefits of this magical weed journey is you achieve a quicker hitting, longer lasting high. It's better on the lungs and best of all, you use way less weed than you know traditionally rolling. So yeah, I definitely encourage you to hit up a local smoke shop, jump online. I like grasscity.com. They have a lot of good glass products and cop you a bubbler. Um, No matter if you smoke weed or even if you smoke CBD, I think you'll be very pleased with giving that new method of smoking a try. Now, let's jump into our financial topics of the week. So for the last, I'll say three, four weeks, I've been collecting questions for people um, just to see some things they would like me to touch on for this week's episode. And, you know, I kept seeing a lot of reoccurring questions, so I try to combine those. So these are questions that I've received from a lot of you from different followers. So I got a lot more responses than I thought, so I can't answer all of the questions, but I'm going to answer the ones that, A, I can actually speak to because I don't like to halfway 
talk about anything. If I don't understand it, I have no problem referring you to somebody I know who does know or just simply saying, I don't know. And B, I'm going to answer the questions that I feel majority of the listeners can relate to. So with that being said, let's get it. A question I get asked uh, pretty often, why the name Weed and Wealth? So as I said earlier, I'm not your typical financial follow. Again, I invest, I smoke, I pod, I chill. I should really put that on a t-shirt. But um, first generation financially independent millionaire who knew early on that working 40 years and reading a bunch of financial books, that just wasn't for me. Again, I'm pretty lazy. So selfishly, I chose the name to kind of taunt former teachers who told me that I wouldn't make it professionally because of my perceived laziness. And I also wanted to change the narrative and erase the stigma of people overall who are self-proclaimed lazy or partake in cannabis. Because I promise you, some of your kids' teachers, some of your doctors, hell, even some of your preachers partake. Trust me, they're just ashamed to say so. So yeah, that's how the name Weed and Wealth was born. Now, before we continue, gotta throw in this disclaimer, I am not a professional advisor. I'm just a guy who likes to invest and got pretty good at it. Um, Anything I say is my opinion. You should always, always do your own research first. So now that we got that out of the way, let's jump into the rest of the questions. So question number two, I want to start investing, but I just don't think I have the time. How much time a month do you spend managing your portfolio? So to begin with, I'm a long-term investor. That means the money that we invest, we don't plan to touch it for years. And that's by by years, I mean the money that we have in our non-taxable accounts. I mean, by retiring early, we're definitely gonna have to access the money in our brokerage account early, but we're long-term investors. We don't have plans for majority of our money for years down the road. So again, I'm a long-term investor, mainly index funds and ETFs. So my approach is very hands-off. One, again, lazy, successfully successfully lazy. I like a hands-off, set it and forget it approach. And I guess I should kind of explain what an ETF or index fund is first. And I have this really cool mall um, example that I use, and I don't know where I heard it from, but it's really good. So think of an index fund or ETF or mutual fund um, like a mall. They are just collections of stocks. So think of an individual stock like one store in the mall. So let's say you got your one stock and that store in the mall is Bath and Body Works. They have their candle sale. Everybody's going crazy. They're grabbing candles. But getting the COVID, they're grabbing all of the hand sanitizer. Bath and Body Works is doing great. Well, let's say COVID ends or when COVID ends, people don't aren't rushing out to buy hand sanitizer. They're not trying to stay in the house anymore. They're not trying to buy candles. And Bath and Body Works goes out of business in this mall scenario. So does your money. Now, the benefit of an index fund, ETF, or mutual fund, it's a collection of stocks. So think of it as the whole entire mall. So you got the food court, you got the first floor, second floor, third floor, anchor stores. So if that one store goes out of business, you don't care. You have the rest of the mall to prop you up. So back to the original question, how much time do I dedicate to managing our portfolio? I mean, honestly, maybe an hour a month, max. And that's only because I work on doing different financial content and financial pieces for um, my pocket advisor or um, my Black People Invest 2 group and just the other avenues in which I create content. 
And as I'll always say, for the most part, any tips I give are always gonna be mainly geared to a set it and forget it approach. So aside from adding money to our account or buying more of what we already have, we really don't have a reason to do too much to our portfolio at all, if anything. And that leads me to the next question. Do you have any general tips to make saving and investing easier? Now, a great poet, and you may have heard of him, Sir Drake of Toronto once said, pay yourself and owe yourself. And that just means pay yourself first. You should treat your saving and investment account like a bill. At the beginning of the month, I guarantee you're not missing that rent, that mortgage, that car payment, that light bill. So there's no reason you shouldn't treat yourself or pay yourself for that same amount of dedication. Set up those automatic transfers and watch your financial picture change. When you take the decision-making out of your hands, it helps you stay more consistent. And as I've said on prior podcasts, prior blogs, next to actually having money, time and consistency are the most important factors in building any kind of wealth. Because if you wait to do it manually, you're considerably less likely to do it consistently. So again, pay yourself now and your future self's definitely going to thank you. Moving right along to our next question. Do you have any advice for someone ready to invest? Absolutely. That's really all I talk about. So first off, don't try to time the market and wait for the perfect time to start. Just do it. You can. No one can ever time the market perfectly or even close to perfect. All the analysts you hear on TV, they're just giving educated guesses. And the best idea of a stock or fund's future, future performance is usually based upon their past performance. Now, along with that, don't stress. Make a plan and keep it simple. The simplest thing someone new to investing, or not even just someone new to investing, honestly, anybody can do, you could pick one or two index funds and go to town. But along with picking one or two index funds, save and invest more. I know some of you are thinking, okay, yeah, I'd like to invest more, but where am I gonna get more? But but hear me out. Try increasing your automatic withdrawals by 1%. Start with 1% a year, I promise. You won't, you probably won't even notice it, right? And then every six months, if you can, try to increase it by another percent. Now, as I said on prior episodes, you can also look for ways to cut back on monthly bills. With COVID, there's been a lot of DoorDash, a lot of Postmates, a lot of eating out. And with eating out, especially with these food order services, if you eat out and buy a $10 sandwich, by the time you tip, and you should definitely tip, but by the time you tip and pay the surcharge and taxes and service fee, that $10 sandwich is like 22 bucks. So, yeah, there's definitely ways you can cut here and there, and I promise you those amounts will add up. But believe me, a few dollars here and a few dollars there will definitely get you to that 1% to 2% increase. And when finances are involved, and especially talking about over time with compound interest, 1% is a huge deal. Now, to my point earlier about index funds, you can, again, you can literally pick one to two and have instant diversification. Like I said, index funds are literally made up of hundreds of stocks and stocks of companies that we're all familiar with. You get some Apple, some Facebook, some Microsoft, some Visa, Johnson & Johnson, Google, you name it, 
is probably wrapped up in an index fund. Now, some of my favorite funds to mention the new investors are funds that track the S&P 500. Now, if you don't know, the S&P 500 is a collection of 500 of the U.S. top stocks. And so I'm generally met with, oh, I don't want to invest in the S&P 500 because I heard on the news that the stock market crashes. Quick history lesson. For the last 93 years, the U.S. stock market has averaged a 10% return. 10% compared to your average savings account, which usually earns less than 1%, is a huge deal. So despite the Great Depression, recession, COVID, housing crashes, all that, the U.S. stock market has still averaged 10%. And along with that, you can pair that up with a fund like a VTSAX or VTI. They're the same in for the most part. Um, and those two funds are really popular within the FIRE community, and it tracks the entire stock market. So you get to cover everything. It includes some large caps, some mid, small, and micro cap. Now I'm gonna take a break right here in the podcast. I just got a question. What gave you the confidence to explore the investment path? So, and I'll talk about it later on another, um, probably next episode when I talk about um, our journey, but really my dad, um, I've told the story several times, even as recently as two weeks ago, but you know, my dad grew up dirt poor. I remember him not being able to read, him sitting at the kitchen table in his forties, hooked on phonics tape stacked on one side and investment cassette tape stacked on the other. And just to see him go from not being able to read, working at a factory, never going to college, and my mom being a teacher and them still retiring in their 50s, that helped me realize that, you know, the path to any type of freedom and not clocking in for the rest of your life was through investing. So thanks for the question. Next question. What are my favorite cannabis stocks? Um, honestly, none of them. <laughs> Not because I don't think there's any good ones, but I just don't know anything about them. And it's a relatively new industry. I mean, I compare it to maybe like when um, Henry Ford was dropping the Model T. I'm sure he wasn't the only guy trying to come out with a car. There's probably dozens of car companies trying to come around the same time, but he's the one that, you know, made it through and ended up having a profitable company. But... I like I liken the cannabis market to the same way. You don't know who's going to be the Ford that comes out of that. But um, a guy that I follow on here, for better or worse, he's a really good follow. Um, he's pretty dialed in to the cannabis market. So I definitely encourage you to check out his IG page. Again, it's for better or worse. Really dope name. But yeah, but because of the weed and wealth name, a lot of people assume that I'm well versed in the financial side of greenery, but I'm not. Now, if you're looking for advice on strains, products, or CB, or even CBD that'll get you hot, I'm your guy for that. But cannabis stocks, nah, that's not really my lane, sorry. Um, next question. What are you doing financially for your son? Oh, sorry. Are you doing anything financially for your son? Simple answer, for sure. Um, again, to give a little backstory on why, my dad did the same for me. I had my first investment account. Uh, when I was 16 years old, uh, vividly recall hearing about um, going back to growing up in high school. I vividly recall hearing non-black peers talk about large lump sums of money being gifted to them when they turned 18 or 21 or from bar mitzvahs or having well, uh, well-off grandparents. So at a pretty young age, I decided that whenever I had a kid, I would do the same. 
And now, due to the power of compound interest, you too can gift a young person in your life um, with a financial gift that'll hopefully give them a financial start, uh, jumpstart in, into adulthood. By now, if you follow me long enough, you know I can't just give you some advice without an example. So let me hit you with a real world scenario. Now, I'm gonna sound like Sally Struthers here. I'm dating myself. She was back in the 80s. She used to say, for $2 a day, you can sponsor a kid. But what if I told you that for just $10 a week, you can gift your, gift your child or a child in your life with $26,000 when they turn 18? How awesome would that be? $10 a week is literally $520 a year. Now, if I take that amount, again, $520 a year for 18 years, assuming a 10% interest rate. And again, I'm deriving that interest rate from the average of the U.S. stock market for the last 90 plus years. You, you would settle at just over $26,000. And that's just with $10 a week. Now imagine you increase that to $25, $30, or $50. Or if you have some extra money this month, you throw it in some extra money that month. And then you add in birthday money and Christmas money from grandparents. Now we're really working to change the financial picture for your child and for future generations. Now just imagine what that does. Your child has little to no college debt. If they choose to go to college, he has the financial, he or she has the financial foundation that you taught them. And just imagine what they can do financially and how that's just going to trickle down to all the generations that come after you. That is really amazing when you think about it. Now, if you didn't start saving when your child was born, no big deal. Start today. No matter what you end up saving and investing, it'll be that much more that you have than if you never started in the first place. So I'm going to try to keep this at 30 minutes because we're getting on the road a little bit later. And by a little bit later, I mean like in the next 30 minutes. So final question, what are my favorite financial books and where do I get my financial info? So for some reason, I get asked quite often, what do I read or where do I get my financial info? So this is where I'm going to sound incredibly ignorant. I hate reading. When I got out of undergrad, I vowed I wasn't going to read books anymore. Sounds ignorant, sounds crazy. I hated college and reading. It was a means to an end. So I don't have a financial book I can suggest. But on top of that, I really don't think you need to read a bunch of books to be a damn good investor. I think the media, news, online, etc. makes investing seem so hard. And I think a lot of these financial accounts on IG make it sound so hard so that people can feel like they're telling you something more than they're telling you, maybe to make themselves feel better. I don't know, but I just think, I don't know. A lot of people in lanes just make it seem so much harder than it has to be. And it, the overload just clouds people's mind when it comes to investing and, and with too much information, people just get stuck in paralysis by analysis. And when they do that, they just never end up getting started. And on top of all that, I'm just more of an audio and visual learner. So if I were to suggest a path to, I guess, hone in on your investing skills outside of books, as I mentioned earlier, and not just because I'm a contributor, but I would definitely subscribe to Pocket Advisor. There's plenty of digestible game on there to help you on your financial path. Other than that, my two favorite YouTube channels 
to recommend to people are Minority Mindset. They are excellent. And then Iris Journey, who's an excellent follow on um, YouTube. And they're excellent follow on IG as well. And speaking of IG, Rich and Regular, George, George, I can't say your last name. So I'm going to spell it. George is a great follow. G-E-O-R-G-E-A-C-H-A-M-P-O-N-G-J-R. And again, as I mentioned earlier, for better or worse, they're all really solid follows. And I promise you, between those accounts, you can find more than enough knowledge to become a successful investor. And oh, if you want to learn options trading, my man Zay, he's the best options guy I know. He has courses you can buy, but like the others I mentioned, he gives out a ton of game for free 99 on this platform. So his handle is First Generation Wealth Building. And I'll make sure, don't feel like you got to write all these down. I'm going to tag them all um, once I tag the, the video, the podcast from today. And finally, if Google is your lane, check out Nerd Wallet. They aren't sponsoring me, but it'd be really cool if they did. But um, they break down financial topics in a really, really digestible way. And I want to be finished by 5.30, so it looks like I have four minutes. So I'm going to throw in one last question that I received. I had it down here in case I had time. So finally, what's my favorite financial quote? And I actually have two. The first by Warren Buffett, well, both by Warren Buffett, but first one is be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Long story less long, when people are buying up the hot stock, like your AMCs and your GameStops for a recent example, just fall back. You have a plan. Stick to your guns and your investing strategy. However, When people get scared and fearful and start selling off stocks and funds because the market's taking a hit like they did with COVID or a couple weeks ago, as I said in prior episodes, when you see the market in red, everybody else in doom and gloom, that is a sale. Buy more shares of what you already own. This is just a great quote. For when there's a recession looming or you're in the middle of one. If you believed in a fund two weeks ago, you should believe in it this week and beyond for the most part. Unless the company's going bankrupt or something crazy like that. But again, when you see the market in red, don't fret, don't get down, do not sell. Until you sell, they're just paper and unrealized losses. But look at it as a sale, as an opportunity to buy more of the stocks and funds that you believed in and already have. And finally, my second quote that I like, and it's probably actually my favorite quote quote from Warren Buffett. Um, I like it so much that I probably said it on quite a few episodes. But I'd rather strive to be anonymously rich than deceptively poor. And that's one that I really, really try to live by. Oh, somebody just asked what the handles are for Instagram. When I post this video, I'm going to tag all those um, IG followers in there. So I'll make sure that, that they get to you. And also, oh, I had one more quote that I like. Warren Buffett on a roll. Um, Beware of the investment activity that produces applause. The great moves are usually greeted by yawns. My investing style is incredibly boring. People think that good investing has to have chaos, has to look exciting, has to look like Wolf of Wall Street or something like that. 
I've been on my boring financial path and have used my set it and forget it strategy for years. And it's gotten us where we are today. And not only has it gotten us here, it's gotten us here with little to no stress. And well, that's it. My first live episode is a wrap. I hope I didn't stray too far from the mic recording the podcast, but it was nice to jump back on here. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna 70% commit to doing this again next Friday. But if you like what you heard, be sure to hit that subscribe and like button. Be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend. Also, look for me on IG at Weed and Wealth. That's Weed underscore and Wealth. That's where the people listening to the audio and the audio for this will be up tomorrow by 8 a.m. It's gonna it's on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and pretty much wherever else you listen to podcasts. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. I have this super dope shirt, no pun intended. But for those listening, my friend, she flipped an Adidas logo into a marijuana leaf and it reads World's Dopest Dad. And a lot of people ask me about this different world hoodie that I wear all the time. She made that too. And her IG is A3 underscore C-R-A-A-A-F-T-Z. I'm going to make sure to tag that as well. And again, audio version tomorrow. Tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell an enemy, to tell a friend. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate you guys listening. I'm going to have this live video posted in the next few minutes. And until next week, I wish you guys nothing but weed and wealth. And fingers crossed, but hopefully I'll see you next Friday. Take care. Successfully Lazy, out.